All right, if you would, bow your heads with me as we just lift our voice before the Lord this morning. Father, we are thankful that we can do this and still have church, and even though it's not the same, and Lord, it's not uh, uh, the same fellowship among God's people when we're all in the, under the same roof, but Lord, we're thankful, Father, that we have the technology and ability to be able to share the message that, Father, that you have for us on this, uh, the Lord's Day. So, Father, we pray your blessing upon uh, your people as they take the time to listen today and as they take the time to engage in you. We pray the Holy Spirit that you would engage them, minister your word unto their heart, O Lord, and speak unto their soul. Lord, I pray that you would move me out of the way and hide me behind the cross, that it not be my word, but your word, O Lord, as we speak to this sanctity of all human life Sunday. Lord, we just ask that, Father, that you would uh, take over this time this morning and, and speak to your folks no matter where they are. We pray safety and warmth over them and, and, and Lord, just a, a, an uplifting of their spirit, oh Lord, but yet cause them to challenge, Lord, their heart to uh, follow after your will, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, if you've got your Bibles with you uh, at home where they should be, if you haven't gotten them out, well, the, the, the scripture will be on the screen. But I want to begin this morning with reading Psalms 139, verses 13 through 18. And then I want to uh, go from there and look at several passages of scripture this morning that will tell the story that we want to share together. So in Psalms 139, starting in verse 13, it says, For thou hast possessed my reins, and thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret, and curiosity wroth in the lower parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect. And in the book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God! How great is the sum of them! If I should count them, they are more in numbers than the sand. When I awake, I, will still, uh, I am still with thee. Lord, we ask your blessing upon the reading of his word. Now pray your blessing upon the, the, the message as well. Today, as you know, is National Sanctity of Human Life Day. Years ago, President Ronald Reagan declared the first National Sanctity of Human Life Day back in 1984. Since then, most presidents have celebrated this day each year on the Sunday closest to January the 22nd. January 22nd, as you know or may not know, is the anniversary date of Roe v. Wade, where the Supreme Court case that legalized abortion across the United States. In the year 2003, on the 30th anniversary of Roe v. Wade, President George W. Bush made a proclamation in which he called on all Americans to reaffirm the value of human life and renew our dedication to ensure that every American has access to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. His proclamation continued, every child is a priority and a blessing and I believe that all should be welcomed in life and protected by the law. You would think that all people everywhere would, 
welcome such a proclamation affirming the value of human life and the importance of all children. But instead, the president's proclamation sparked mass criticism from those who advocate abortion rights. So what is sanctity of human life anyways? Sanctity simply means the quality of being holy, sacred, or set apart. Believing in the sanctity of life means believing that human life is somehow holy or set apart or different from all other life forms. Sanctity of Human Life Day actually affirms human life in many areas, not just in the area of abortion, though that is a big deal. In this day, it is to reflect on the sacredness of human life, not only in the relation to a child in the womb, but also in regards to the elderly, the weak, the sickly, the mentally challenged, and those with physical limitations. All human life is sacred, and all human life should be equally valid and protected under the law of man as it is under the law of God. So the question that we have to ask this morning and answer is why do Christians believe that human life is set apart? Well, there are a few things that I believe the Scripture very clearly shares with us that I want to lay out for you this morning. So again, I hope you got your Bibles because we're going to go back and, and uh, look at several different Scriptures. And I'm actually going to take you back to Genesis chapter 1. In Genesis chapter 1, in verses 26 and 27... We find some scripture here. And here's what it says. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowls of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he male and female created he them. Now, I read that verse, simply, those verses simply to, to, so you could hear that it's not my thoughts, it's not my understanding. It is exactly what God's Word says. Genesis 1.26 declares that God created man in His image. Being made in the image or likeness of God means that we are made us to resemble Him in some form or fashion. But not all. Not all ways are we in that resemblance? We, are not, we do not resemble God in the sense of God being flesh and blood as we are because the Bible tells us in John chapter 4 and verse 24 that God is spirit and He therefore exists without flesh and blood body. One way in which Adam's body did, however, mirror God's is that it was created in a perfect health, sinless, and not subject to death. With the fall of mankind uh, in, in chapter 3, Adam and Eve's disobedience, that aspect of our likeness to God ended and death entered into the world. Sin entered the world and along with it came sickness, disease, and death. The phrase made in the image of God is important for it refers not to the physical but to the immaterial part of man. In the likeness of God, man has a soul, spirit, that sets us apart from animals and makes us just a little lower than God's 
other glorious creation, the angels. We find that in Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 7. It is our spiritual maturity and nature that enables us to commune with God and makes us like Him mentally, morally, and socially. We are not to misinterpret the, the idea here to mean that we are in some ways like little gods. We are not little gods ourselves, but rather we share some of the very characteristics although limited due to our finite scale. So we find that not only are we created in His image, but we are filled with His breath. We also are told that God literally breathed into man, something He did not do with other life forms. God created His own, uh, breathed His own breath into man. Man is more than just dust or physical substance. Man has a spirit. We can picture it this way. Adam's body had just been formed by God out of the dust of the earth. A lifeless human body lying on the ground. Then God leaned over and breathed his own breath of life into man's nostrils. God my friends, is the source of all life in humanity. And he directly placed life within man. This breath of life is seen again in John chapter 20 and verse 22 as Jesus imparted new life into his disciples. Something in the way God created human reflects his attributes. In other words, we bear God's image. So anything that harms or mars our human life also therefore mars the reflection of God himself. That's why God takes human life so seriously. Therefore, Christians re uh, approach human life with a sense of reverence for the creator who it is reflected in in life. Aren't you glad that we were made not in an image of something other than, but in the image of God himself, so that he breathed life into us so that we could be a part of him and he would become a part of us. The second thing that I want you to see is, is found over in Exodus chapter 19. So we have to skip over a couple of books in Exodus chapter 19 and verse 5. And there we find that all human life is owned by God. Now, I want you to understand what I'm trying to say here. All human life is owned by God. God created us. You know, when we think about something that we have made with our own hands, that we have designed and we have purposely built and we have put our own energy and our own efforts and our own money and our own uh, desire into it, who owns it but us? We own it. That is exactly what God wants us to see. He created us. He created everything. And out of everything, He created us. And out of that, He created man. And out of man, He breathed His life into us. We are owned by God. All life belongs to God. Look at Exodus chapter 19, verse 5. And now, therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then you shall be a particular treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine, he says. 
another reason Christians should have reverence for human life is because we believe all human life is owned by God because God created it all. In Exodus chapter 19, verse 5, God declares, All the earth is mine. Everything that is and, and ever was and will be created is an extension of His creation. And human life is an extension of that creation. On earth, every human life belongs to Him as well. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20 goes so far as to say of believers... Do you not know that you are not your own? For you were bought with a price, so glorify God in your body. Again, Deuteronomy, going back to the Old Testament, Deuteronomy 32 verse 39 teaches that God not only owns each of us in our life, but that he is responsible for life and death of each person as well. It says to us, see now that I, even I, am he, and there is no God beside me. I kill and I make alive. I wound and I heal. And there is none that can deliver out of my hands. Again, back in Psalms 139, verse 16 that we read, shows the days of each person's life were written in God's book before any of them came to be. Christians believe that human life belongs to God and only Him. He is in charge of giving and taking of life. All life belongs to God because all life was created by God. The second thing that I want us to understand is that all life is sacred to God. It is set apart. It is important. Now, what I'm about to share with you disturbed me greatly this week. I spent a lot of time this week doing research. I, I read a lot of statistics. I let, looked up a lot of articles and a lot of uh, uh, websites that, that, that keep track of stats. And, and, and I was very, very disturbed. My heart, my spirit was heavy this week. And I came across these alarming statistics such as this. Preventional data from the CDC's National Center for Health Statistics indicates that there was an estimated 100,306 drug overdoses that cre uh, deaths in the United States during a 12-month period ending in April of 2021. It went on to say an increase of 28.5% from the 78,056 deaths during the same period of the year before. That kind of shows us that the pandemic has had a great effect upon the drug use and, and deaths that, um, that have occurred because of the depression and, and because of the, the anxiety and because of the, uh, the lockdowns that we have experienced in our country this last year and year before. And then it went on, there was another one that, that said that nearly 40,000 Americans have been killed each year since... 2016 by gun violence. In 2021, it, the, the article said it may be America's deadliest year of gun violence in the last two decades, according to gun violence archives. 
Then I read a statistic that talked about suicide. We've all heard that suicide rate in America is up due to uh, a lot of things. Suicide in the United States is the 10th leading cause of death for all ages and the second leading cause of death for youth and young adults between the ages of 10 and 34, according to the Center for Disease Control and Prevention. According to the CDC, a person dies of suicide every 11 minutes. That's scary. It's heartbreaking. That life in which God created that valuable person it, it, it thinks that there is nothing worth living for, therefore taking their own life. According to the WHO, by the way, which is the World Health Organization, and they are a scary group of people if you read much about them. According to the 73 million induced abortions that take place worldwide each year, Six out of ten of all the unintended pregnancies end in an induced abortion. The number of abortions that occurred worldwide in 2020 far surpassed the total of people who perished as a result of the world's leading cause of death. I also looked up some things and found that according to John Hopkins University, we have lost more than 1.8 million people worldwide from the coronavirus in 2021. However, the total number of deaths worldwide in 2020, excluding abortions, was nearly 55 or 9 million lives. But yet we find that there are 73 million abortions performed worldwide every year. Think about that just for a moment. We've all been panicked and worried about the amount of deaths that have taken place due to this worldwide pandemic. But yet, we have no outrage, no, no screaming, no panic about 73 million abortions on top of that. It seems possible, maybe, that because God is holy and we are not, that God is without sin and we are not, that maybe the eternal creator has said that human life is only temporary and marred by sinful natures, that God himself may not be concerned about the value of human life as his people are not. However, it didn't take long for me to find that in Scripture, there is many Scriptures that teach that God values human life. The Bible teaches in such verses as the Leviticus chapter 24, verse 21, that God instructed the nation of Israel that whosoever kills an animal shall make it good, but whosoever kills a person shall be put to death. The Hebrew word for shall make it good is shalom, which means to repay, recompense, or make restitution. 
So essentially, the, uh, God said to the children of Israel, if you kill somebody else's animal, the penalty for killing that animal is to pay a, a monetary fine. But then he went on to say, but if you should kill another person, a human being, it is much steeper. The cost upon yourself for such a thing is your own life. Here, God sets the standard as to how human life and animal life are valued differently. In the following verse, God states the reason for the indifference. And he has to do with who he is. Listen to Leviticus chapter 24 and verse 22. You shall have the same rule for sojourners and for the natives, for I am the Lord your God. His being the Lord your God is the reason human life has been valued beyond all other life forms. It is also interesting to note that this value in human life is not just a rule for the Jewish people. But listen to what he said in verse 22. You shall have the same rule for the sojourner and for the native. What he was simply saying to the Jews was that not only is Jewish life important, but all life is important. Every human being, whether Jew or Gentile, is important to God. It is highly valued by God. And I could have went on with many more scriptures that talk about how God values your life and my life over all other life. But here we come to the third. That God reminds us that all human life is started by God. The question that came to my mind when I was preparing this was the question that so many ask, when does human life begin? Again, I did a lot of research, and I talked to some folks, and I found out that 40 years ago when our Supreme Court, 40-some years ago, when our Supreme Court looked at Roe v. Wade, the only thing that they had at that time really to uh, look inside a mother's womb was a sonogram. And it was very, very vague. But do you know today our technology has advanced so much that they can see so much, so much sooner? We know so much sooner. But you know what? What I found out was that it didn't take man technology catching up. God already knew that. God already proclaimed that. God already said He said that before we ever had technology. And in such verses as Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5, God tells the prophet, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and before you were born, I consecrated you, I appointed you to be a prophet over the nations. Here we see that God was forming Jeremiah in his mother's womb. 
The psalmist also echoes this statement and sentiment again in Psalms 139, verse 13. The psalmist said, For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. Before there was anything, you, God, put me together. God said, Listen, I put every human being together. The Bible teaches that God is intimately involved in forming all human life, even today. And that is what happens inside a mother's womb well before birth. Which is why most Christians do not condone abortion. If we believe that the Bible says, we must come to the conclusion that both the physical and the spiritual terms, meaning that an unborn child is the blueprint of a fully formed human being, yet it is still in the mother's womb. So let me share some more statistics that I found. Listen to how a child develops while yet in the mother's womb. This is how quickly we have learned that a child is a child at the moment of conception. By the 20th day after conception, in the watery world of the womb, The developing child is a complex, dynamic, and rapidly growing individual. By the 20th day, the foundation of the brain, the spinal cord, and the entire nervous system has been established. The heart begins to be irregular patterns by the 21st day. It is in smooth rhythm a week later. Did you hear what I said? Not weeks after, not months after, but the 20th day. Now, by the end of the first month through the end of the eighth week, by the end of the first month, the child will have grown 10,000 times his or her original size. And by birth, the child's weight will be increased six billion times. Lines in the hands and the fingerprints begin to be etched by the eighth week. And these will remain a distinctive feature of the individual throughout his or her life. After only eight weeks, the child bears all the external features and internal organs of a fully term baby. From now until fully grown, generally around 25 years of age, the body will change mainly in terms of size and gradual uh, refinements. Now, we went 20th day, first month through second month. Now let's look at what we find in the third month the child becomes very active. If the womb had uh, windows, we would see graceful and fluid motions of the child sleeps and wakes, makes fists, sucks his thumb, fans his toes, and seeks positions of comfort. 
During the remaining months in the womb, the child continues to develop activity and even to learn in preparation for the day of his birth. That is why Christians believe human life reflects the image of a holy God. That God owns the right to give and to take away life. That God values human life above all life forms. And that he... uh, uh, intimately is involved in forming each life within the mother's womb. I remember we just passed Christmas and during the time of Christmas we talked about two miraculous births. We talked about the fact that Mary was visited by an angel and miraculously became pregnant We find in the book of Luke that Zechariah and Elizabeth, Zechariah was visited by an angel and told that he and his wife Elizabeth would conceive in their old age, and she did. And we find in the book of Luke that that Mary, after uh, conceiving the, the child from the Lord, went to see Elizabeth in her third month. And there we find that when she walked in and greeted Elizabeth, the scripture tells us very clearly that Elizabeth said, my baby leaped in my womb. These truths point to the fact that people matter to God. From the womb to old age. My friends, we are living in a slippery slope society. When we start devaluing the life in the womb, we devalue life at any age. But God has never. As a matter of fact, God so valued life that he sent his only begotten son into the world that he might take on the form of humanity. That he might live a sinless life and die a death so that our sin could be covered by his blood. He took upon himself the affliction of our flesh for the salvation of our spirit. He commands mankind to value life the same way he does. The Bible is filled with practical ways that we are to value human life. Tells us that we're to love one another, that we're to tend to the sick, visit the prisoned, feed the hungry, clothing the needy, seeking justice for those who are oppressed, caring for uh, orphans and widows and strangers, You and I should be agents of love and compassion in this world. Alleviating suffering wherever we can and remembering that each human life bears the image of our God and our Creator. Ultimately, we should be sharing the gospel so that we are like God, wishing that none should perish but that all should come to repentance. Because we remember 
how much God values every human life and how much he desires that we would all spend eternity with him. You've got one of two choices. You can let this sermon be just a lesson in theology or you could allow it to motivate us to go out and to serve. To serve the unborn, the poor, the widow, the sick, and the orphan. To make a difference in this world for the God who came to save us. The choice we all must make. Either we value life as God values life, or we take upon the value of life that humanity, the world, Satan does. It's all expendable. We ought to destroy it all. I hope, I pray, that we as a church remind ourselves daily that we are no longer of the world, and we should not think like the world. We should not live like the world. But this book, it's given us not only everything that we are, but it gives us all that we need to know how God values every life from conception to old age. And if God values life that way, we are commanded to walk in his footsteps. May it be that we make a difference. We stand up for those who cannot stand up for themselves. We speak up for those who cannot speak out for themselves. We serve those who need a loving, compassionate touch. That we make sure that we, too, value human life. Let's pray together. Father, as we bow our heads and our hearts, I pray that the Spirit of the Lord has moved us. I pray that it has grieved us like it did me this week. That so many lives are lost by so many foolish reasons. But I saw so clearly how you love us, how you cherish us, how you created us. And I saw how that the world organizations such as the WHO who say life is expendable. We just need to do a better job at expending it. I pray that, Father God, that your people would rise up, that they would speak up, and they would cry out to a God who has compassion upon his humanity, that we might change our direction and we might start saving souls from the womb to old age so that we have opportunity to share the gospel of salvation unto them. Lead us, guide us, Use us, I pray. Help us to make a difference. In Jesus' name.
Thank you for taking the time to be with us this morning. I hope the Lord will bless you and use you as you remember that all life, your life, all life is sacred.